You're listening to MoneyWeb at Midday. Now you'll know by now that South Africans won't have to deal with an interest rate hike ahead of the festive season. The repo rate remaining steady at eight and a quarter percent. So where does this where does this leave us at the end of the year? And perhaps more importantly, how is the rates environment shaping up for 2024? Joining us now on MoneyWeb at midday is Sanisha. Pakiri Sami, who is an economist at Momentum. Sanisha, a very warm welcome to you. Before we get to the rates, you'll know that we've just gone to stage six load shedding. Uh, This is always going to have uh, an impact on the economy, isn't it? Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Yes, unfortunately, load shedding and the electricity constraints are having quite a negative impact on growth. I would add to that and say that transport and logistics is also another element that is capping the growth potential in South Africa. But I think before we become too negative on the load shedding situation, uh, we do need to remember that ESCOM tends to ramp up their maintenance plans over the summer months. And so we should expect a higher level of load shedding into the end of the year. However, if we go into the second half of next year, I think we're going to be looking at a a reasonably brighter outlook for South Africa, no pun intended, with, you know, quite a significant pipeline of renewable energy projects that are likely to start coming through, as well as some of the older uh, plants which have then been maintained coming back on stream again. Sanisha, I'll take as many puns as you want to throw throw at me uh, on this uh, Black Friday, so don't worry about that. Um, let's get back to the to the repo rate if we can, but let's talk about tone and sentiment. Uh, a fairly hawkish tone coming from the MPC yesterday, despite holding the rate. Uh, what's the underlying strategy or rationale behind this approach, do you think? I think that underlying approach really is to maintain this hawkish rhetoric to say that there are still inflation risks out there and we do need to be cognizant of trying to rein in inflation expectations and not let them de-anchor too far away from the midpoint of the target range. And I don't think that this is a unique sentiment for South Africans. I think that this is playing out in the global environment where central banks are most likely approaching the end of the interest rate hiking cycle but maintaining quite a lot of caution because they are quite worried about declaring a victory over inflation too soon. We've seen studies out of the International Monetary Fund that have looked at the past 100 inflation shocks in history. And we've often seen that when central banks get quite comfortable that they've done enough on interest rates and then become a bit more relaxed about it, there is another inflation shock that comes up causing a second leg of inflation. I think central banks are quite cognizant of that and really trying to prevent that this time around. Of concern, of course, is food inflation, if I'm not mistaken, around 8.7% in October. uh, And that is going to have a negative impact on households, isn't it? So food and fuel inflation at the moment are the two primary factors that are pushing up inflation. Um, You know, there was obviously a surprise in the latest inflation print to 5.9%. The market was looking for something that was at least 0.3% softer. And again, the main culprits were food inflation and fuel inflation. On the fuel inflation front, I think we will see some reprieve in the next two inflation readings, given that there was a petrol price cut for November and another uh, reasonably large one anticipated for December. On the food side of things, I think the biggest threat right now is, of course, the drier weather conditions, which we call El Nino, coming through. And, of course, the persistent load shedding, which does affect industries like the poultry industry. Um, Going into next year, we anticipate that inflation on average will remain reasonably high. 
Uh, but if we think about the risks to inflation, El Nino, as an example, we've got good soil moisture. Even though we are heading into a drier weather pattern, we had four years in a row of above average rainfall. Uh, given that a lot of the price increases associated with load shedding already came through this year, we think that that will become less of an effect next year. And of course, we are starting to see in certain elements of the global food basket that prices are coming down. So I think these factors together should start to see inflation on average uh, looking a little bit better into 2024-2025. Sunisha, there was an interesting note in the commentary, the Reserve Bank Governor pointing out risks in the four cost for average salaries. What are his worries? Their main concerns are really the fact that food and fuel inflation have been quite high, pushing up the cost of living. And if you think about it, we know that higher inflation rates tend to hit the poor disproportionately in South Africa. So if you look at the last six months in SA, the inflation rate that the bottom 30% of spenders were facing was around 8.6%. However, if you look at the top 30% of spenders in South Africa, the inflation rate was closer to 5.4%. So there was more than a 3% gap in the inflation rate that was faced by the poorest versus the richest of South Africa. Now, when workers see that food and fuel price costs are picking up, their cost of living starts to increase, they then demand higher salary and wages from their employers. And that can become then a self-fulfilling prophecy because those corporates will then start to put up prices on their goods and services so they can maintain their bottom line of profitability. And I think this is really a key concern of the Reserve Bank. They have mentioned that they don't particularly see this type of wage price spiral yet being entrenched in the South African economy, but we cannot rule that out as a risk to the inflation outlook. Thank you very much indeed, Sanisha Pakiri-Sami, an economist at Momentum.